You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Medical Breakthroughs from the University of Pennsylvania Health Systems with your host, Northwestern University internist, Dr. Lee Friedman. Traditional therapies for many neurologic conditions often are fraught with significant risk and morbidity for our patients. What newer techniques are available to help mitigate this risk? I'm your host, Dr. Lee Friedman, and with me today is Dr. John Lee, Assistant Professor of Neurosurgery at the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine. Thank you for being with us, Dr. Lee. Gamma knife. Tell us a little bit about that as a neurosurgical technique and why it is a major step forward. So the gamma knife is an excellent non-invasive approach to treating multiple conditions in the brain and was really invented in the 1950s and 60s, but really hitting prime time now. Because of the morbidity associated with most neurosurgical procedures, fortunately, neurosurgeons have been on the forefront of trying to develop less invasive ways to treat these. And one particular neurosurgeon is Dr. Lars Lexell, who was a Swedish neurosurgeon and who conceived of this idea of rather than opening the brain to take care of a lesion, why don't we direct high doses of radiation? And thus, the gamma knife was born. And so this is uh, like a, a very specialized laser? Well, so I have patients who ask me whether this is a laser, and I think laser has such precise connotations. I give them the analogy that this is kind of like a magnifying glass. We are focusing 201 rays right at the center. And if you hold a magnifying glass at a leaf or a piece of paper, as a child, you remember you can burn right at that center. Well, this is kind of the similar kind of thing. If you focus 201 beams right at that center, we can destroy the tumor or inactivate it. And however, if you were to pass your hand in between that paper or leaf as a child, between the magnifying glass and that, your hand is not damaged. And the same way, your brain, your surrounding normal brain is not damaged. So this is the analogy I give my patients. I would imagine that the use of this technology demands that we have very precise imaging and, and positioning. Is, is that the case? That's exactly right. The real application is the application of gamma knife has really catapulted forward with the introduction of MRI scans. Because you can imagine Dr. Luxell, when he invented this in the 50s, he was using plain x-rays pneumoencephalograms for those physicians out there who actually remember such a thing. And then CT scans were then used, and then now MRI scans. And increasingly, we're starting to do PET fusions for certain cancers. And so it's really exciting. I've sometimes even used functional MRI in some of my patients just to determine that the part of the brain I'm targeting is, is far enough away from particular eloquent areas of the brain. So it's heavily dependent on good imaging. And then also precise positioning of the patient is very important. And so introductions of robotic devices, which, can, which are even much more precise than us. It's very interesting because during the gamma knife procedure, I always double check the computer and the robot to make sure that that's a correct. And in reality, it's always human error. That's the problem. The robot is always gets it to the right place. And given how specialized this sounds to be, is this technology widely available or only at particular centers? Gamma knife is becoming more common, and there are more centers that are developing the expertise for stereotactic radiosurgery. However, I think it's always important that you go to a center where there's a multidisciplinary evaluation of your, your particular case and that your particular treatment, you know, is being done with the highest uh, and almost level of care and consideration. And is this still, uh, particularly by insurance companies, considered experimental, or is there pretty standard insurance coverage? 
currently, Gamma Knife is there's established CPT codes, and fortunately, very few patients will have to write an insurance company to have this approved. And it certainly sounds like it accomplishes a given task with a lot less cost and hospitalization risk than the older therapies. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, one of the best examples of this is an acoustic neuroma. Classically, you know, traditionally, when if you were diagnosed with an acoustic neuroma, I mean, this was a really major problem because, one, you could be guaranteed that any surgery you would lose hearing. And then secondly, facial paralysis was a very, very important risk. I mean, this could range them. The risk for facial paralysis was could be very high depending on the complexity of the tumor and the skill of the surgeon. Fortunately, for small to medium-sized tumors now, and I say usually less than three centimeters, in maximum diameter, acoustic neuromas can now be treated with non-invasive techniques like the gamma knife, and the patient would never have to require any open surgical resection. The facial paralysis rates are less than 1%, and even hearing preservation rates now are becoming more the norm rather than the alternative. And this is all done with a single treatment outpatient? Exactly. This is an outpatient procedure. For example, at our center, the patient will come in at 6 a.m., And I usually treat three patients in a morning, and they'll be able to go home by noon. That's marvelous. And are there some special risks? It sounds very safe, but are there some risks or downsides to this type of therapy? Unlike conventional surgery, the risks of gamma knife usually are delayed. They can be delayed several months, and there may be some swelling of the tumor or surrounding brain associated with it. And it's something we have to watch for, and we generally treat with steroids if necessary just to eliminate or minimize brain swelling or tumor swelling or radiation necrosis. These are generally manageable. The more concerning complication that people sometimes talk about or bring up is the incidence of malignancy or late tumor transformation from benign to malignant. And this is very difficult to quantify. There are some case reports of this, for example, However, this has been best studied by uh, Dr. Rao, or Rowe, R-O-W-E, who has looked at in Europe and in Australia where they have socialized healthcare, and he's able to look at patients more long-term and look at how, what the socialized healthcare system paid for. And there he can see that the incidence of this tumor formation or malignancy is actually no greater than baseline risk. And therefore, most of us feel very comfortable administering this, although we always perhaps mention it as a potential complication, although at this point there's no evidence that that's true. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Medical Breakthroughs from the University of Pennsylvania on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and I'm speaking with Dr. John Lee about gamma knife technology for neurologic and neurosurgical problems. You mentioned acoustic neuromas, Dr. Lee. Are there other common applications for gamma knife? So one other major um, application is for the rare patient with a tangle of blood vessels called an arteriovenous malformation. And what's really nice here is that some of these are located so deep in the brain and in such precarious locations that they're really sometimes considered unresectable. And radiosurgery really has provided an excellent means of eliminating these with minimal risk, even some that are surgically accessible someone might choose to do radiosurgery. Again, it's an outpatient procedure compared to an invasive surgical operation. And certainly the risk of leaving these is that you could have a a hemorrhage. Correct. We estimate the risk to be about 3 to 4% per year. 
and with radiosurgery, that's cut, cut to virtually zero. Although the limitation is, compared to surgery is that it generally takes two years before radiosurgery obliterates the arteriovenous valve. Are there other brain tumors or...? The other condition that actually radiosurgery has now become accepted, we have level class one evidence from randomized controlled trials, is in the treatment of brain metastases. So we know that for patients with single metastases to the brain, which is not most patients, most patients actually have multiple, but for you have one brain met, the addition of stereotactic radiosurgery or gamma knife to whole brain radiation therapy definitely improves survival. And then in subset post hoc analysis, RPA class 1 patients also benefit. So if the patient is less than 65 years of age and has a Karnofsky score greater than 70, which basically means they can dress themselves and feed themselves, and their systemic disease is well controlled, then gamma knife can improve survival even in those patients with up to three brain metastases. And is there something uh, special about the number of metastases? Is it the load of radiation or something else? There's actually some people who challenge why we choose three or why we choose five. And from practical purposes, it's just what the study chose to do. Is they, only want to, they just said arbitrarily three. Um, another study looked at one to four metastases. From a pragmatic standpoint, I think Medicare pays up to five. So in general, we're choosing patients with what we call oligometastatic disease, just a few as opposed to the patient who has 30, for example. I mean, they, that becomes a much more difficult uh, situation, obviously. The reason they have so many is because their systemic disease is so poorly controlled that they're showering. So another interesting perspective is, that, uh, is whether stereotactic radiosurgery can be used to eliminate the need for whole brain radiation therapy. We know from well-publicized theories from Dr. DeAngelis, D-E-A-N-G-E-L-I-S, at Sloan Kettering that there are patients who develop severe neurocognitive deficits if they survive for a longer than usual after whole brain radiation therapy. And because of that risk of neurocognitive deficits, there's been introduced the question as to whether instead of whole brain, why not gamma knife up front and reserve whole brain as a salvage therapy for later failures. And so there's actually a randomized controlled trial that we're getting involved with, but that is already up and running, sponsored by the NCCTG that's looking at this. And so patients with brain metastases will be randomized to whole brain up front or gamma knife up front. So there's a lot of new techniques and new advances in the use of gamma knife, which is exciting. Makes sense that if you can limit the amount of radiation to the brain, that quality of life and cognitive function should be better. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with that study. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Medical Breakthroughs from the University of Pennsylvania on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and I'm speaking with Dr. John Lee about gamma knife technology for neurologic and neurosurgical problems. I'd seen somewhere about trigeminal neuralgia. Is that also... Yeah, trigeminal neuralgia is a very interesting neurosurgical pain disorder. So neurosurgeons for centuries have been interested in trying to treat this facial pain disorder. I mean, it started with French neurosurgeons, and one of my mentors, Dr. Peter Janetta, was the pioneer in the microvascular decompression surgery. And although I particularly enjoy that, particular, that operation and, and still do that to many of my patients, a lot of patients now are choosing the minimally invasive option, which is gamma knife radiosurgery. And in the same way that we're targeting a tumor, in this case, we target the aberrantly firing nerve that's causing pain, and we are able to 
deaden the pain without causing too much numbness. And so it's really quite interesting. The limitation of gamma knife in this setting, though, is that pain relief generally takes about a month to work. And then on top of that, we don't like to repeat it more than once. So it is a ablative or a slash destructive procedure, just like any of the nerve blocks are. However, it does seem to help, and a lot of patients are choosing this as an option. Well, Gamma Knife seems to offer a lot of promise to treat fairly common neurosurgical disorders with far less morbidity and risk, and it's been uh, very interesting learning about this from Dr. John Lee, who's been our guest. He's an assistant professor of neurosurgery at the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine. And I'm your host, Dr. Lee Friedman. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Medical Breakthroughs from the University of Pennsylvania Health Systems on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. To learn more about this or any other show, please visit us at ReachMD.com, where you can also register and sign up for access to our on-demand features. Thank you for listening.